Hi, welcome to Healing Arts Podcast. This is Dr. Armit Stead. I'm a chiropractor who specializes in nutrition in New York City and Connecticut. I wanted to talk to you today about what to do for liver support. I honestly can't believe it actually took me this long to do a podcast on the liver. First, because the liver has a lot to do with detoxing, and we help support patients in the office by helping them detox. So I feel like in one way or another with every single one of my patients, I have either been supporting their liver directly to help them with detox, or I am constantly watching the liver through muscle testing to make sure that the liver is keeping up with the detox that we are going through. The reason for this is because our idea of health is to help the body get rid of toxins, and with the right nutrition, the body can heal. We do this by muscle testing what toxins are hindering the health. We muscle test for heavy metals, heavy chemicals, food sensitivities, and any type of immune challenges, germs, bacteria, viruses, whether it's parasites, candida, mold. We look at all of them as toxins in the body that we need to help the body get rid of. Your liver represents the human body's primary filtration system, converting toxins into waste products, cleansing your blood, and metabolizing nutrients and medications to provide the body with some of the most important proteins. The liver is responsible for making the foundational products of all your hormones. If you think your hormones are out of whack, then think that your liver must be too. At such a fundamental part of the body's overall regulation, the liver is paramount, and it is so important to keep your liver healthy and to limit overindulgence. What are the early signs and symptoms of an overtaxed or stressed liver? Are there any telltale warning signals that your liver could benefit from a little loving care and extra detox? Here are seven different symptoms that your liver may need some extra attention. First one is fatigue. Fatigue is a common complaint in general, and it's often experienced when the liver is under stress. The liver converts glucose into glycogen, a form of sugar that can be stored and then later released as glucose when the body needs a burst of energy. By storing and supplying the body with glucose, the liver helps provide energy and combat fatigue. If the liver is stressed, it may become less efficient at regulation of blood glucose. Fatigue and sugar cravings may pop up. The liver detoxifies more than chemicals and pollutants. Know that it also breaks down and detoxes your own hormones, including excess estrogen. Not surprisingly, when liver function is impaired, excess estrogen may not be adequately bound and excreted. Signs of excess estrogen in women can include MS, PMS, fibrocystic breasts, moodiness, weight gain, menstrual disturbances, fibroids, and more. When the flow of bile is stagnant or slowed, the gut shifts towards a state of dysbiosis where the unfriendly flora dominate and constipation is common. So if you have constipation or you think you have bad gut flora, you want to look towards supporting the liver. The toxins from the pathogenic bacteria then block detoxification pathways in the liver with the resulting imbalance of the gut flora and dysbiosis, excessive gas and bloating may be experienced after eating. You also have to think about how 
our exposure to heavy metals has soared due an exponential increase of metals in industrial, agricultural, and technological applications, from coal-burning power plants to plastics, electronics, and even paper processing. Metals are in everyday life. Heavy metals can cause DNA damage and contribute to a variety of human illnesses. When the liver's detoxification pathways are impaired, heavy metals can accumulate in the body. In particular, the liver's stores of glutathione, which safely and effectively bind to toxins, including heavy metals, can be depleted. When the liver is under stress, individuals may find themselves more reactive to chemical exposure, including gasoline, kerosene, pesticides, new carpet adhesives, formaldehyde, cleaning agents, medications, and more. We also look at seasonal pollen allergies that could actually be worse if the liver is not healthy, and food sensitivities may increase. The liver is responsible for breaking down excess histamine, and if it is sluggish, histamine may build up in the body. In individuals with chronic impaired bile flow, blood levels of histamine have been found to be significantly greater than normal. Nearly 60 million Americans are affected by the sleep disorders. And lastly, sleep. Another symptom of a sluggish liver is sleep issues. Nearly 60 million Americans are affected every year by sleep disorders. Sleep problems run the gamut, taking too long to fall asleep, waking up too early, fitful and poor sleep quality, frequent waking up in the middle of the night. The solutions range from sleeping medication to cognitive reframing techniques, relaxation tapes, meditation, deep breathing, heavy blankets, but one simple solution may actually be to improve liver function. Sleep disturbances have been long observed in chronic liver conditions, and one mechanism may be impaired liver melatonin metabolism. Melatonin is the circadian rhythm hormone that allows your body to sleep easily. And melatonin gets released when darkness falls and gets us ready for a good night's sleep. However, the liver needs to metabolize it correctly in order for it to work. When helping support the liver, we also look to see if Epstein-Barr virus is stuck in the liver. The Epstein-Barr virus is known to attack and hide out there. There are three stages of the Epstein-Barr virus, which causes mono. In the first stage, Epstein-Barr lives mostly dormant in the bloodstream, quietly building its numbers. In stage two, the Epstein-Barr virus springs to life and causes the actual symptoms of mono, while also seeking out a home in the infected person's organs, which is usually the liver, but it can be the spleen at which point it may go back to actually being dormant and just hang out there for years. Or it can last weeks or months or years, and usually the person is completely unaware that they're still holding on to the virus. The only symptoms may be a brief and mild scratchy throat with some tiredness. But what I've learned from Anthony Williams is that stage three, the virus becomes highly active and destructive. Now it takes up residency in the thyroid. The liver picks the thyroid because it's a star of the endocrine system. The thyroid functions much like a data center for the body, keeping the body in homeostasis. 
When Epstein-Barr enters the scene, this ideal functioning totally gets thrown off, which throws off the entire endocrine system. To compensate and power the body, the adrenal glands pump out extra adrenaline, which is actually one of Epstein-Barr's favorite foods. The virus feasts on the excess adrenaline in order to get stronger, multiplying and go after its ultimate target, which is the nervous system. What's really happening to the liver is that back when Epstein-Barr was in stage two and hiding out, it weakened the organ and burdened it to the point of creating a sluggish liver. Then even after the virus moved on to the thyroid, some Epstein-Barr cells remained in the liver where they could continue to cause trouble. Plus, Epstein-Barr presence in the body results in the ongoing presence of viral byproducts, dead virus cells, neurotoxins in the system that keeps the liver and the lymphatic system constantly working to purify. And they get strained. All of that and add that the adrenal glands are trying to overcompensate for the underactive thyroid, which floods the liver with adrenaline which gives it even more of a toxic load. It's the resulting overburdened sluggish liver and lymphatic system that are behind a hypothyroid patient's tendency to have difficulty losing weight, or they just gain pounds without control. So both the hypothyroid and the weight gain are caused actually by the virus. It's not the hypothyroid itself causing the weight gain. A lot of times I explain to patients that to lose weight, we need to support the liver, and this is why. Listen to my podcast on viruses for more information about Epstein-Barr, the virus that causes mono, and later in life, liver, thyroid, and neurological issues. Another situation that can hinder the liver is a specific gene mutation called MTHFR. It is estimated that about 25% of the population have an MTHFR gene mutation. One of the effects is the inability to break down folic acid and it must be supplemented in a different form. I usually test for folinic acid. When the body cannot break down folic acid, you end up with high levels of homocysteine. The effects of high homocysteine takes many forms and it's actually still being discovered. But here's what is known. The effects of MTHFR gene mutation is that the liver doesn't fully do its job and it can cause blood clots, stroke, depression, autism, bipolar disorder, cardiovascular disease, infertility, and miscarriages. If you think you have a sluggish liver, you may want to get tested for the mutation. You can now go online and get tested for $100 at www.23andme.com. That is www.3andme.com. With the genetic testing, they also test for other mutations as well. Just know that if the test comes back that you have the gene mutation from one parent or both parents, that's it's not a definite health problem that you will have to deal with for the rest of your life. We can support the liver to methylate, which is actually a fancy word for detox. Usually methylation or liver detoxing is inhibited by viruses or candida, which candida is overgrown yeast in the system. And what is the number one cause for candida? It is heavy metal toxicity. So the best way to help the body with this type of gene mutation is to detox heavy metals first 
and then kill the candida and viruses while supporting methylation. Unfortunately, when I help patients with the mutation, their detox programs have to go slow because the already sluggish liver can't handle the detox at a normal speed. And so it's important to be patient and help support the liver to detox through this. What else can you do if you suspect an MTHFR gene mutation other than the genetic testing? You can actually treat the yeast. Eat a low sugar diet with more healthy fats like coconut oil, olive oil, and avocado with less grain and carbs. Yeast feeds on sugar and carbs. Also, get muscle tested for the right exact supplementation and dosages that you need to kill the yeast. You want to also take a special methylated folate. I like 5-MTHF by Thorne. 5-MTHF is the most biological active form of the B vitamin folic acid. It works together with vitamin B12 in the conversion of homocysteine to methionine. Removing the heavy metals from the body and brain is also really important during this time. And so please know that the mutation also makes detoxification difficult for the body. So do the best you can to stay away from toxins. When giving the liver a break and trying to heal it, I suggest to patients the liver-friendly cleanse by Dr. Natasha Campbell McBride. The goal of the cleanse is to eat food that puts no stress on the liver and it's a very cleansing diet. Do it for at least 10 days to get any health benefits. Foods you can eat on the liver-friendly diet. You can eat apples, carrots, watercress, green onions, celery, lettuce, cauliflower, broccoli, endive, chives, chicory, tomatoes, green peppers, radishes, beets, cabbage, and apple cider vinegar lemon juice, and flaxseed oil for salad dressings, and lots of potatoes are recommended for lunch and dinner. Sweet potatoes, yams can be served once a week. Brown or wild rice may be used to replace potatoes once in a while. And to start every meal, the Hippocrates Special Soup. The soup contains three to four stalks of celery, small amounts of parsley, one and a half pounds of tomatoes, two medium onions, two small leeks, a few cloves of garlic, and one pound of potatoes. Now, if you know tomatoes or garlic bother you, then don't add these in. And if you're interested in more details of what foods to eat or not eat on the liver-friendly diet, I'll leave a link in the description. Another one of my favorite things to do to support the liver and detox is to drink 32 ounces of warm water first thing in the morning with a half of a lemon squeezed in it. This will help flush toxins out that the liver dumped into the large intestine from the night before. Yes, the liver dumps all its toxins into the large intestine by the way of the gallbladder duct every single night, like clockwork, from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. every night. Have you ever heard of a circadian rhythm. Our body has a sleep-wake cycle. And I mean, that's why time zones mess us up so much. But what you probably didn't know is that every organ has its own rhythm. And it has a point in the 24-hour cycle where it's the strongest and where it's the weakest. 
the heart is actually weakest from 1 a.m. to 3 a.m. That's why cardiologists tell patients after a heart attack that if they make it through the night, then their chances of survival go way up. They know that it happens statistically, but they don't know why. Yet Chinese medicine is where I learned that the circadian rhythm for each organ. This is why it's actually good to go to bed and actually be asleep before 11 p.m. This way, the liver doesn't have to work so hard to move toxins to the large intestine. You're already at rest. You're asleep. The body can heal when it's sleeping. And then when you first wake up in the morning, if you drink a bunch of water with lemon, it just helps the process. Next week, we'll talk about castor oil packs, coffee enemas, liver flushes, a different type of lemon drink, different herbs and supplements to help support the liver, and more.